Hey friends, over the next few months, I will be interviewing unique people who have great ideas on how to make radical changes in America's eating habits, boost awareness of our environment, and contribute to the economic health of our country. This is Meryl Kennedy, and this is my podcast. Welcome to Rise Up Your Bowl. We have today with us Betsy Ward, CEO and President of USA Rice, and also a very dear friend of mine. Welcome, Betsy. Hi, Meryl. So great to see you. I miss you. I miss you too. It's been way too long since we've been together. Um, That's for sure. So I'm so excited to have you on the show today because as you know, I started this podcast um, a little bit over a month ago. And it's all about changing um, people's habits in the U.S. and and healthy eating, but also about environmental impact. Um, And with this month being, you know, all about Make America Beautiful and, you know, talking about some of the things that we do, I think, as an industry of USA Rice about sustainability with you, the president and CEO of USA Rice, I think, was was a perfect topic. So... Before we go into all that fun stuff, I wanted to focus a little bit more about your journey as a person, because I think it's pretty obvious. Um, you're a female, I'm a female, right? So there's not that many of us um, in, the, not. <laughs> in the ag business, period. Right. So, so tell me, how'd you start on this journey? Well, uh, I mean, how far, how far back do you want me to go? Um, uh, I actually, my first job in Washington, I worked for the American Forest and Paper Association, which is another, it's a trade association for the wood and paper industry, like we're the trade association for rice. And um, started there, literally, I had a master's degree from Columbia and I started as the secretary for the CEO. He hired me because I just needed a job, you know? And he said, well, you seem a little overqualified. I said, I just need a job. So I ended up staying there for 17 years and worked my way up to being the the director of a whole division, um, managing a lot of people, like probably 30 people, most of them overseas. So that was interesting. Um, And it was, and look, timber is like rice, kind of a male dominated place. Um, But I had really good mentors. I had really good, actually mostly male mentors. Um, I was certainly disadvantaged in terms of what they were paying me, I think, compared to all the guys working there. But uh, I worked really hard and kind of made a name for myself there. And um, then went to Rice temporarily, like just for like a year and a half um, under another CEO. So I got to meet people in the rice industry, which was, it was a really great experience for me because I I really liked the industry. But then I got hired back um, to, to run my own little organization called the Hardwood Federation. So that was really my first time being in charge of a, of a trade association. And it was fairly small, but it was, um, gave me a lot of really good experience. So then when they made a transition at Rice, they asked me to apply for the job and I got it. So basically just, you know, worked my way up, really um, worked hard. And I guess one of my- Some of those early like, starts too. You know, yeah, and one of, yeah. And, made a big difference, you know? Well, and one of my life lessons is never burn any bridges, right? Cause you never know um, who you're gonna encounter in future lives. And so I, I, I left Rice the first time in a really good position. I got, I had known everybody, people didn't want me to leave but I had a better opportunity. But 
then when an opportunity came up, they thought of me, which was kind of great. Um, so yeah, I was pretty fortunate that I never, I only applied for one job. That was it, my first job. And then every other job was, you know, being asked to, to move up or do something different. So well, I think that speaks a lot about you and I've had the um, pleasure to work with you and it says a lot, but I wasn't there when they appointed you um, as the leader, but I know that there are some tough men part of that group at the time. So it, <laughs> I think that you stood out among a lot of people. Yeah. I, I wanted to ask you um, one more question, just, you know, what is your favorite career moment? I mean, what, what's kind of been the ultimate so far? Um, that you've experienced? You know, I guess I've had a lot and, and, and I would say they all, for me, there it's always, you know, the, the first step is I don't, I don't feel qualified. I don't feel ready for it. I feel like, you know, I'm in, intimidated. And then once I get in there and start doing it, um, I build, it builds confidence. Right. So I probably, you know, one of my best moments was getting accepted to Columbia University from a master's program where I thought, no way. I went to a state school, you know, I didn't really I think I didn't think I measured up. Um, and I got there and I was super intimidated by all the sort of Ivy League uh, types, but I did really well there and again, had great mentors. Um, but I, I'd say really getting the job at Rice was the, was really the crowning achievement for me because Again, I was like, really? You know, you really think I could do this? And, you know, I didn't, I wasn't sure I could. And, you know, having to really be in charge, you know, to really be the one I'd always sort of reported to other people. And so now it was like everything was really my responsibility. And it, 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 it was pretty stressful at first, you know, to try to learn about a whole new industry that I didn't, I didn't really know much about rice. I knew how to sort of manage. You knew rice on a plate, right? I loved rice. Everybody in my family was like, rice, that's great. Of course, my father said, when I got the job, he said, oh, you're going to go work for the Chinese. And I was like, no, dad, you know, we actually grow rice here. You know, it's that famous, nobody knows we grow rice here. But well, but, uh, I feel you, yeah. you know, um, as you know, very well, I've, I'm the vice president of the um, USA Rice Millers group now to be the chairman, first female elect. And I do feel the same, um, you know, it, it is pretty intimidating, but it's because people like you went before me. So I appreciate that. Um, and it's well, also because people like you went before me that others believe in me too, so. Well, that's, I mean, and I think that's, that's great. First of all, I'm, I'm so proud to be here when this happens, when the first woman will be running the Rice Millers Association, because that is really an old boys network. I mean, if, if any organization, it's been around for what, 110 years, you know, and you'll be, and you'll be the first woman. So, so that's really progress. And I've seen, you know, it's been really rewarding for me too, to see other people. Um, th there's a woman farmer in Arkansas, who's now the first woman on the Riceland board. So happened, you know, a year ago, so things are changing. It's good. It's, yeah, it's I know that she's also big into the sustainability movement. So with that being said, let's talk a little bit about sustainability in USA Rice and some of the things that we've been working on as an industry. Um, I just like you to share some of those things with, um, with our audience. Sure. So um, when I came to Rice, I guess it was 2007. And again, I come from the, the sort of timber industry and I, I would say gone through what I called the timber wars. It was back when, you know, I don't know if you remember the spotted owl and they, 
you know, the, it was the big battle between environmentalists and the timber industry. And I always thought that we had a great story to tell in wood, wood products and paper products, and it's a sustainable product. You know, you replant trees, they grow. But I watched my organization sort of fight back, I guess, you know, and, and not sort of embrace this opportunity to tell their story. They do now, they do a great job now, but at the time there was a lot of conflict. And so when I came to well, Rice- I it's I, a natural thing to be protective, right? To say, well, I'm not killing owls, right? That's, that's and, yeah. a bit of a, it's a bit of a um, reflex, like I wouldn't do that, right? And so then you right. hit it, then you go a little bit too far and don't realize all the benefits you're actually doing that you can talk about. Right, and and I think the, the knee jerk is to, is to resist and say, we don't, you know, we want to keep doing what we're doing. That's right. Um, and sometimes that doesn't work out. And sometimes then you're forced to do things. It, it's even worse because you're, you have to do things that you don't want to do. Or in the case of the timber street, they shut down, you know, huge tracts of public lands for sawmills and people lost their jobs. I mean, it was, it was a terrible situation for them. Um, so when I came to Rice, I thought, First of all, what, what a great product. And then also what a great, the more I learned about how rice is grown and the sustainability story, I thought we, we really need to, we really need to get on the bandwagon and tell the story because it's, it's an impressive story. And, you know, again, from my experience at Timber, I know, I knew it was coming that, you know, that our end users and customers are going to start asking what's the sustainability profile of rice. I mean, it's, it's, so right off the bat, I started um, talking with our members about, hey, we need to form a committee and we need to start, you know, kind of pulling together all the information about what we're doing and then figure out how we keep doing it, right? And I got a lot of resistance actually early on. People were like, nope, that sounds like we're going down a regu regulatory path. You know, you're going to set us up for, and I kept saying, no, this is to get ahead of the game, right? We, yeah, we want to be- coming. This wave is already here. Yeah. And, yeah. And I, yeah. right. And, 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 and let's tell our story and let's not let people dictate to us how we're going to grow our product. Let's tell them how we do it, why we do it the way we do it. And then all, about all the benefits. So that's kind of how we started. Um, and man, we've come, you know, we've just really done well. And I think, uh, I mean, you know as well as anybody what the what a rice field and and what what we bring to the environment and how we we create habitat for waterfowl all through the mid south and in California, and that's really quite unique for an ag product. I mean, I don't think many other ag products can say that. Another one out there from an acreage perspective to that create nope. such a habitat, um, and we yeah. talk a lot about waterfowl. And that relationship with Ducks Unlimited and things, but there's other animals, right, that benefit from that as well. Yeah. yeah. And I, I mean, early on, I learned when we had the B, the, the BP uh, oil spill, if you remember that horrible mm -hmm. situation, and NRCS, which is a division of USDA on the natural resources, I'm not going to remember the name, anyway, NRCS, they came to us and said, um, we'd like to ask your farmers to keep water on their fields longer than they normally do so that the waterfowl doesn't go fly to the Gulf, that it stays longer in the rice fields. And I was like, okay. And, and we did that. And 
saved we don't even know how many how many birds and ducks and and it, it worked and then we got a big award and you know it was, it was kind of cool it was kind of a cool thing to be a part of but but overall i think we've done a really good job of communicating to to everybody what we're doing um we're, we're recognized as leaders on sustainability in washington we're recognized by a lot of our end users they're really and you know this, I mean, I've seen you profiled in, was it Kellogg or, you know, one of the, our end users, you know, they really like to tell our story and, and they have a lot more resources than we do, right? So the, the most we can amplify what we're doing by, by using our partners like a Kellogg or an Anheuser-Busch or, you know, many of our end user companies that are really wanting to tell that story. So yeah, really I, I think so. Um, the big kind of on the bucket list for them right now is the CO2 emissions and how you calculate that and, and how you get that off the farm. So I know that there's been a lot of work also being done by the Federation on like alternate wetting and drying practices. And like you said, there's a whole task force working on how we can improve as an yep. industry. Um, it is challenging to get that information that we, you know, from the farm you know, all the way through the supply chain, just because of traceability. Um, there's all kinds of roadblocks and, and things like that. And there's generational gaps and some people are using technology and some people aren't. But I think that the foundation is there. And if we can continue to kind of move that direction, then we can continue to kind of get people involved and want to be, um, want to be part of, really a, a dynamic effort. But I always tell people that the US um, is really the gold standard. People you know, don't realize how much the US farmer was our, and, and rice, absolutely, but other grains as well, already the US farmer was doing from a sustainability piece, just from a cost savings. Um, I mean, we're, we're much more focused on you know, the putting out the right amount of chemicals, for instance, not just, you know, putting out chemicals. Um, so there's, there's a lot that's been done on the US farm in the last 50 years that needs to be told. Um, and I'm excited to kind of see how that works. I think that it's just, again, just trying to use that technology piece to tell the story a little bit better. And and how you get that from the farm can be challenging, but there's no other country in the world that's doing the things that we're doing. Um, that's, that's right. So, and, and there is a little bit, as you know, a little bit of a double standard there when absolutely. some of our end users will talk to me about, well, you need to be doing this and that. And, and I say, well, so don't you, you know, manufacture your product using rice in other countries? And are you asking them to do the same thing? And the answer is always like, oh, we're going to start here, you know? so. But that's fine, and and we can do it. I mean, I think some of the things that we've done on, particularly on water. I mean, that's really been a focus on the sustainability piece for us because, you know, water is a valuable resource. It's going to be in the future most. Well, and the California market is so dependent on water too. Um, right. California is a big piece of our growing region. Yep, yep, and but even in the mid south, I mean, when you see all the, you know, there's obviously you've been, you've experienced the floods and, you know, and, you know, hurricanes and all this water. We, we still look at the aquifer. Quite a few still, disasters. Yeah, right. And, but it's still going to be the, I think the challenge of the future is access to water. And, you know, we obviously need water to grow rice and, 
you know, and that's so conserving water and figuring out ways to grow rice using less water, which also has the, the side benefit of less CO2 emissions. So that's a real focus, I think, for us. But we've also said to people that are talking about climate change that, first of all, we've come a long way already, number one. Number two, um, we, we're a bit unique because we do use water, and but that also provides the habitat. So we want recognition for the steps that we've already taken and also the, the, the habitat that we provide because that's invaluable. And I think those partnerships, that's one of the things that I've learned too is you, know, you can form partnerships like the Ducks Unlimited partnership, like Audubon, you know, some of these um, maybe left of center groups that are have a lot bigger reach than we do, Absolutely. but they recognize what we're doing. And so we've got to, you know, we've got to keep those partnerships going and they go to bat for us, you know, and, and that's, that's really important. That's how we, I think, fight above our weight class as a, as a trade association, you know, because we're not, as you know, I mean, the rice footprint is 3 million acres. It's not, we're not wheat, we're not corn, we're not soybeans, you know, we're, we're relatively small. So we, our voice is louder than, than most, I think, in that regard. Yeah, no, I, I think yeah. we'll, we're well beyond the pack too on the, the efforts that we're making and the story that we are telling um, about the industry in general. You know, I, I think that during the pandemic, um, thankfully rice kind of came to the forefront, you know, actually we might need to grow rice in the country and that might be an important food group um, to sustain our population, right? So I know. I, I know that the industry in general, so excited to see us doing some more marketing around rice and, and that rice has grown here in the U.S. and supporting our U.S. farmers. So that's super exciting. But lastly, I just want to talk about the fact that rice is healthy, you know, nobody talks about this. I, I talk about it, but I'm, you know, I need an expert like yourself, someone that um, people believe in um, to tell us the facts here. So tell me a little bit about why rice can be part of a healthy diet and um, why people shouldn't be scared to eat it. Right. Well, we've done a lot of research on the nutritional benefits of rice. We um, since I've been at, at USA Rice, we got we got brown rice categorized as a whole grain, which is a big deal. Um, but just rice in general, it's gluten free. It's low fat. It's um, we also did a study that shows that people that eat rice eat healthier diets because they're adding vegetables and lean meats, so that you know rice eaters actually have healthier diets than non rice eaters. So that's a that's a that's a big one, I think. And um, yeah, I mean, I, I, it's, it's one of the healthiest things you can eat and it's easy to make. And it's, although I don't know why some people seem to struggle with it, but I don't, I don't really get that. It's it's okay. just so we, we just put out some videos on how to make rice. Um, yeah. so if anybody has questions about how to eat rice, look at for it. Good, 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 good. Yeah. Well, and I think, I think, as you know, one of the challenges that we have, first of all, is to tell consumers that it's grown here, right? And to look for the grown in the USA label, because we know that people wanna support farmers. They wanna support American farmers. We know that it's it's a fact and they don't wanna be buying stuff from all over the world. They'd rather buy it that's grown with, you know, American farmers. So we need to tell that story and that's something we need to continue to do. But we also need to, and I think your company is doing a great job of this, which is, you know, new varieties, right? Like we need to be, 
we need to be marketing varieties that people want. Um, some of it is aromatic rices that are very popular in restaurants and, and because of some ethnic communities, that's what they're looking for. So, you know, that's a challenge and we keep pushing that message out to our researchers and to, you know, um, farmers that, you know, we need to be able to provide American rice and all the different varieties that people want. And I know maybe, I know you guys are doing that. Yeah, right so we're, um, and we're actually working right now to, to hopefully continue to develop some of those varieties to the standard um, that some of the imported varieties are at. I think yep. the biggest issue is that, you know, it has been cheaper in the past to import. And, you know, I think the pandemic, at least, you know, it, it did for me, it reconfirmed a lot of my faith, but I hope it gave other people kind of this message of, you know, again, um, it's important that we're growing the food that we eat um, in our home country, especially yeah. some of the, the real basic food groups that really sustain people, right? So rice is the number one food in the world. I mean, right. you know, it's can be, has long shelf lives. To me, it's a national security issue. And I know that, that maybe that's a bit far, but for some, but I do truly believe that. Um, you, can, you can actually live without toilet paper, not comfortably. You can't live without rice and water. Well, so, you know. Yeah, I mean, well, it, you're right. I mean, it was it was fascinating to, uh, I'm in a group called the CEO Ag Council. So it's all the CEOs of all the different ag groups. And when the pandemic hit, you know, the guys from the pork industry, all the challenges that everybody had. And we had challenges too, because people, you know, stockpiled rice. We, and they were hoarding rice and, and, and the supply chain really couldn't, you know, and we, I got the question from media. So are we running out of rice? No, we're not running out of rice. We just, you know, the, the, the logistics were a challenge for everybody, but I do think it drove home, as you said, the national security implications of having your food come from this country. And, yeah. and, you know, and the, and frankly, again, as you said, the standards that we, we grow our product under are the, first class in the world and you know the, the safety of our food uh, the safety of all right there's and no the, denying the food safety aspects um from just our production manufacturing side there's no yep. denying the eco carbon footprint not just because our farmers are sustainable just because you know buying locally grown food is more sustainable you're not hauling it across the world um right. so really the the last missing piece is just again to your point we've got to We've got to, you know, continue to evolve our technology on the seed side to make sure we're providing varieties that people want to eat. And also that the cooking consistency of many of our ethnic groups is, is can, we see more and more population come into the U.S. that are rice lovers, as we call them. We want to right. make sure we're providing U.S. rice that meets their, meets their standard. Um, and, you know, that's a different standard than maybe, you know, a person that didn't grow up eating rice as part of their daily diet. Right. They're, yes, they're, they're very, they're very uh, specific about more, what they want. Just a bit more. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I always compare rice to, for my um, American friends, as almost a meat for people in many countries, because oh. if you can buy just a little bit better grade of meat, you are, right? And so that's, that's the same with rice, people. And we know, and look, we know, you know, for example, in Cuba, where, you know, they're huge, they couldn't eat another grain of rice. I mean, they eat it three times a day, that they 
so much want American rice there because they they remember the high quality and the the rice they're getting now is not it's really just terrible and they just you know so we're hoping maybe we can get that yeah. market back up and going again but that's an example of people that you know they're forced to buy they're forced to eat a low quality product and they really really want what they got from us you know so it's no, I think um, all the work that the Federation and USA Rice has done on, you know, our trade negotiations has been huge and you've been extremely impactful on, you know, even some other countries that we didn't talk about today. But the Cuba market um, is something that in my lifetime, I hope to see open. So, yeah, maybe, I think it I think it will, too. I think yeah. it will, too. So. You know, again, um, thank you for sharing your inspiring story with us. I'm um, inspired, honestly, just working with you on a daily basis. And I'm so proud that I'm not the only one telling people that rice can be part of a healthy lifestyle and a healthy oh, diet. Yeah. So yeah. I think we both share the same thought to eat more rice, right? To, what is it's, it? Think I'm, rice? Yeah, think rice. And yeah, I, it's, I, I'm so proud to represent such a wonderful product, right? It's, it's just, you know, when you say you work for people like rice, oh, I love rice. You know, I mean, it's a, it's just such a wonderful food. And yeah, I'm, I'm really proud to be associated with, with the farmers and folks like you and, you know, all the way through the supply chain. So, yeah. Well, we appreciate people like you that make a difference, um, not only to, Thank you again, Betsy, for being on the podcast today. And I look forward to um, seeing you in July. Yes. Thanks, Meryl. Okay. Take care.